and the importance of honor. And we see that God is uh, a God of honor. Not to uh, diminish God in any way, but he's an institution uh, with a capital I. Uh, I have defined him in previous uh, messages as an eternal community existing in absolute communion without beginning, without end. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is love. If God was just one, one entity, one person, it couldn't be love. But because you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were loving each other with all that they are and all that they have and all that they can do long before any of us, long before this earth existed even. And so we, we've got to understand that and, and this culture of honor, I know that can kind of be a catchphrase at times. By the way, I, I'm gonna, it's too important, I'm going to interrupt my sermon. Brother Jerry, so good to have you back with us, brother. We're thankful. Uh, some of you know Brother Jerry had a, we're going to call it a little accident. It was more than a little accident. And um, we had a great conversation the other day. He came by the church and just just the goodness of God in his recovery and, and even, um, you know that a man has his heart pointed in the right direction when um, he, he talks about not how bad it was, but how good the Lord was and, and what could have happened but didn't. And thank you, Jesus, that it didn't and, and those sorts of things. And so... Brother, I love you. There's a Proverbs that says, do not forsake your father nor your father's friend. And um, that's my brother Jerry verse right there because him and my dad have been dear, dear friends for many, many years. And, uh, so anyway, we love you, brother. We're glad you're, you're here and you're healthy and you're feeling good. And it's, it's, it's just a blessing. Amen. Praise God. So God is, when we say a culture of honor, there's, you you. You can't separate honor from God any more than you can separate love from God or goodness from God. Um, it, we could say it this way. It's who he is. It's, it's, it's how he exists. It's absolute honor. Um, Jesus honored the Father. Uh, the Holy Spirit honored Jesus. None of, none of Jesus didn't talk about himself here on this earth. He pointed to his Father. Now, this kind of ties more into what we've been talking about on Wednesday evening, but but did Jesus say um, some things I cannot do without my Father? No, he said nothing. Nothing. I didn't try to throw you a curveball there. I was trying to jar your mind a little bit. Jesus didn't say, look, you know, there's a lot of things I can do without him, but there's some things I just can't do. No, he said, apart from my Father, I can do nothing. When they were amazed at his teaching and his doctrine, and, and, and you know, it's like, wow, I've never heard anything like this, Jesus. Where, where did you get it, you know? He didn't say, years of study, man. No, he said, this isn't my doctrine. This is my father's doctrine. I'm just telling you what he told me to tell you. See, he's honoring. You see, this is honoring all of this. And it's not, it's not put on. It's not fake. In other words, he's not just like being falsely. You know how like sometimes people give us a, a, a compliment, you know, and, and we'll say, oh, no, no, you know. Jesus wasn't going, oh, no, shucks, guys, you know, don't, don't, don't carry on about that. I mean, you know, no, he's like, hey, it's my father. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I got this from him. And so we've, we were created to be a part of, of, this, of this Godhead. We were, we were created to be members of the body of Christ. We, we were created to be so a part of, of God's culture of honor. Watch this now. Jesus said that whoever receives you, receives him. 
Think about that for a minute now. Whoever honors you honors him. In the same way, if you honor the Holy Spirit, you honor God. In the same way that if you honor Jesus, you honor the Father. Okay? He's included you in that in such, in such a practical way that he's saying, if people honor you, if people receive you, they, they receive me. And so we were designed for honor. We were created for honor. When God, when, when God created mankind, the Bible says he crowned us with glory and honor. Obviously, he intended for us to live glory-filled, honor-filled, glory-filled, honorable, honor-receiving, honor-giving lives. I'm concerned that honor is in a serious state of decline, not just in our world today, but in the church. All you got to do is look on the side of the road and see how much more garbage is thrown out there now than used to be, and you can you can kind of see uh, that's a sign of no honor, no respect, no value, no appreciation. When when you see in our world today the disrespect for our military, the disrespect for our public servants, police officers, um, firemen, even politicians and and, and judges, um, again that that our president. Listen, in my lifetime, it didn't matter if you disagreed with the president's politics. You still respected him. You still honored him. Now, thank you for that amen, Brother Ronnie, because you, amen, you know this. You're a man of honor, a Marine. He, he understands honor. Um, you know, it, it, it's nothing today um, for people to speak evil of our, of our president, of, of, of those in the highest offices in our land. And you think, well, they're wrong, they're this, they're that. Well, listen, maybe they are, but read your Bible. Read your Bible. God not only corrected, we see him actually punishing people for speaking evil of leaders that were not necessarily doing what God instructed them to do. Amen. When David was, you know, basically running for his life and Saul was trying to kill him, and, and, and there was a, a moment where you know, David was hidden in a cave, and next thing you know, Saul and his men come into the front of that cave and, and, and go to sleep. And, and can you imagine what the devil was telling David? It's justifiable, justifiable. You've got to kill him before he kills you. You can end all this right now. You were anointed to be king. Everybody knows that. Just go in there and slit his throat and let your men slit his men's throats and, and just be done with this right now. What did the Lord tell him? Do not touch my anointed. Was Saul wrong? Yes, he was wrong. But David's heart before God was to honor, right? Did, did God judge Saul? Yes, he did. But did he use David to judge Saul? No, he didn't. So it wasn't, it wasn't David's place to judge. It was David's place to honor. It was David's place to honor had a conversation with a brother in the room and, and he's talking about two things that are similar that the Lord's shown him the difference between. What I, what I didn't tell you, Brother Donald, is the Lord's kind of showing me some of the same things. There's a difference between honor and obedience even. In other words, we, we honor authority by obeying authority unless the authority over us commands us to disobey God. So you can still honor the authority that God's put in place but not obey if they're telling you to do something that violates the Word of God. 
So honor and obedience do not always. Now, a lot of times they will go hand in hand. In other words, my children honor me by obeying me. Of course, they're adults now. Um, but if, if daddy told them to go rob a bank because we, you know, got to find a way to pay these school loans or whatever, you see what I'm saying? Well, again, that, you know, they could still honor me as their father but not obey me to go do something that God said don't steal, right? Are you seeing this? Okay. So I think sometimes when we, when we think of honor, we, we almost categorize it like with forgiveness. See, the same Bible that tells you to honor those over you also tells us to forgive people who've wronged us. And we sometimes refuse to forgive people who've wronged us because we think somehow forgiving the person who's wronged us is endorsing and saying that it's okay that they did something that was wrong or, or immoral or illegal or offensive or what have you. Forgiving somebody is not the same thing as endorsing their behavior in the same way as honoring someone is not the same way as saying you agree with their politics or agree with every decision that they make. Getting quiet on me up in here. So let's go back to this to the statement. Culture, uh, in our culture today, in our world today, um, I, I'm, I'm concerned that honor is in uh, severe decline. And the devil's behind that. Because if it's anti-honor, it's anti-Christ. If it's anti-honor, it's, it's anti-God. If it doesn't have any honor in it, it doesn't have any God in it. So I want you to keep this in mind next time the devil tries to draw you into a conversation where maybe some of your co-workers or some of your Facebook friends or whatever are, are slamming people in authority or talking about the boss behind his or her back or whatever. The boss may be wrong, okay? But it makes you even more wrong for dishonoring. Don't, listen, I'm telling you, don't get caught up in this. And we've started kind of chipping away at what a lot of people think, and it's a lie, it's a deception, is that somehow we can honor God without honoring people. That we can somehow, you know, um, respect God, but not respect the system of authority that God has put in place. And there's a lot of folks who, who the, the devil has deceived into thinking. And, and it's very similar to what Jesus said, not very similar, it's identical to what Jesus said about love. He said, don't, don't talk about how much you love me, whom you cannot see, if you can't love and don't love the brother standing in front of you, who you do see. Amen. So honor. First Samuel chapter 2 is our keystone verse for this study. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. There's so much I want to get into, but there's something here that I keep saying, well, we'll talk about it next time. We'll talk about it next time. So let's talk about it this time. There's a lot of people who look at this verse. Remember the, remember the king in the Old Testament that God sent the prophet to him and said, tell him, uh, get his house in order. He's a dead man. And, and so the, the prophet told him, and he turns around, and, he, and he's leaving. And, and what the prophet didn't know is that the king turned his face to the wall, cried out to God, asked God to have mercy on him, prayed, got his heart right before God. And the, the prophet hadn't hardly made it down the road yet 
to, to God said, go back and tell him I'm going to give him 15 more wonderful years. Now, a lot of people look at that and they say, God changed. See, God changes his mind. God is not the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen to me. God didn't change. The king changed. This is what's going on right here. You say, well, God told that man that, 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 that he would, uh, somebody from his descendant would be on the throne forever. And God changed. No, God didn't change. The man changed. The man changed. Okay? So a lot of times we think, well, you know, God this and God that, and he this and he that, you can't trust him. No, no, yes, you can trust him. All right? So what God is saying here is very simple. He says, I will honor those who honor me. And what we see both in Scripture as well as in practical life experience is that while God loves everyone, He does not honor everyone the same. Nor does He even honor everyone. God's ability to honor us is dependent upon our willingness to honor Him. Now, we've said that God is a God of honor. We've already covered that this morning. We've also said that honor originates with and flows from Him. And remember, anything that flows outwardly from God, He intends for us to receive it, and then from within ourselves, it flow outwardly back from us to Him. Amen? Every, everything's like this. The most, most importantly, and I say most importantly, uh, most clearly stated in Scripture is that the Word of God where did these words come from? Did they come from man's opinions? Did they come from philosophers of old? Did they come from a hodgepodge of uh, blog posts and internet articles that were cobbled together and passed down? No. The Bible is very clear. All 66 of these books were inspired by the Holy Spirit, and God used men of old to pen these words and then preserve them. And this is the Word of God. And God says that His Word will not return to Him void. Well, it comes down from him, it comes out and forth from him, down, the Bible says, to us like precipitation falls to the earth from the sky. And the earth then does what? It takes in the rain and then it returns it back. And that whole process of it coming and returning causes the seed to bring forth and bud that it gives seed to plant again and then bread to eat. Now, the key thing here is that God said his word works the same way. We often quote that verse, partially quote the verse, God's word will not return void. I want this to forever be solidified in your mind. God's word will not return void when it is returned. If it only comes forth from him and is never taken into your heart by you and then returned back out of you to him, it will not produce the results in your life, right? Death and life's in the power of your tongue. So it's, it flows from him into you, and then ultimately He wants it to flow through you back to Him. It's that, it's that circle of life that, that we see in nature. But remember, nature is nothing more than the thumbprint of God. And so honor is like that. Honor flows from God. My friend, if you do not know this already, God has honored you. He's honored you with life. He's honored you with an opportunity to be one with Him. He's honored you with the gift of His Son, the greatest price that's ever been paid for anything, and as far as we know, ever will be paid for anything, um, is, is the price that, that, that Father honored uh, you with just to give you the option to return to Him should you choose to do so. 
He has honored you, right? He has given you his best. And so now, it's, this is the nature of honor. God didn't say, um, if you honor me, I'll honor you and, and wait for you to honor him first. No, he honored you first. But the cycle stops with you if you never receive the honor and, and recognize who he is and the position that he occupies, amen, and you return that honor back to him. It's in the returning back to him, amen, that we experience the benefits of honor in our lives. Are you seeing this? Man, I, this is so important. I, I hope I'm not, like, tiring you of this. I, I, this is important, my friends. This is extremely, extremely important. So honor originates with and flows from God. We've also said that honor is an outward, tangible expression of an inward attitude of esteem and respect. So what you honor, you value. It's, it's, a, it's a tangible, measurable expression of a, a valuing and uh, an, an esteeming, estimation, respect that you have in your heart. Now, there are some certain things that I just feel an urgency to cover this morning, and so I'm going to do that now. Remember, honor is outward and tangible. It's something that's visible. And so when God honors those who honor Him, His honoring of your life will also be outward and tangible. It'll be something visible. I mean, it's, it, this is for real. This is, this is not just something that exists in the fog banks of our imaginations, all right? So here's an important question I want you to ask yourself, and, and not just for you to ask yourself, but I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you answer this. And I don't mean just right now. I mean something that I think we need to really begin to take into consideration, okay? And here's the question. I want you to ask yourself, what am I doing to honor God? What do I do? What am I doing? What do I do as a pattern, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as part of my daily life? Uh, you know, we could say habit. I think, you know, there's good habits and bad habits. I think we need to develop a habit of honoring God. What, what, what am I doing? In other words, if, I'm asking, if, if this is just me and the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what, what, what am I doing to honor you? What, what do I do on a daily basis, on a, on a, on a weekly basis, you know, on, a, on an annual basis? What, what, am, what am I doing to honor you? Now, I'm, I'm, listen, this is important right here. Because remember our long discussion about the difference between fond, affectionate feelings in your heart for the Lord versus respecting Him enough to do what He says. You remember that? Amen. See, what will happen... And, and the reason I know it'll happen is because it's, it's happened to me over, you know, at different points in, in my uh, growth and development and things, into the things of God, growing up into Jesus and all things. Amen. Is that we can let our uh, 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 philo, our fond, affectionate feelings, Jesus having a, a special place in our heart, we, we can, if we're not careful, we can let that deceive us into thinking that we are, are living a life that honors God when we're doing very little to nothing that actually honors Him. Honor's not about feelings. Honor's about what you do. You see, it's a, it's a tangible, measurable, verifiable expression. Okay? Now, I'm not going to try to give you a whole long list of things, but, but you know, one that I think is really, really important is... <clears throat> is honoring God by honoring His Word. Amen. 
honoring God by honoring His Word. Which, how, how would you think? I mean, if you were to just like take a wild guess at, at different ways that you would honor God's Word, well, one would be to actually pick it up and read it, study it, spend some time in it, uh, take some notes as you study and, and ask the Lord to teach you through it. And You, you follow what I'm saying? And, um, and so th- this, it, it honors God. Now, listen, it's got to begin with hearing it. It's got to begin with studying. It's got to begin with spending some actual, real, you know, um, what do, like, uh, I'm not an attorney, but attorneys, accountants, people who, who, you know, professionals like that. Have you ever heard the expression of billable hours? Anybody ever heard that? A billable hour? Um, you know, these folks, you know, two, three hundred dollars an hour is nothing for a good attorney, the, the, you know. And so they keep record of, of the time that they spend on certain cases, and they say, well, that's a billable hour. All right. Well, you know, render, remember that one? Render to God the honor. Um, render honor to whom honor is due. So, like, I'm not trying to make this some kind of legalistic thing because it's, it's got to be willingness and obedience, right? Those are two important elements of true honor okay so i'm not trying to say if you don't do this much a day then you're not no that's see i'm 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 asking you to ask the holy spirit right but honor is outward and tangible so what again what am i doing what are you doing what are we doing um to honor god what are what are you doing as a family as for those of you in the room who are married, what are you doing as husband and wife to honor God? Now, I want to I break this down a little further. Maybe you got it already, but just to make sure, okay? If I was to take everything I am doing to honor God and piled it up in front of Him, what would it look like? It's like, hold, hold on a second, God. There's something else over here. Okay, no. I'm doing, I'm doing this. I do this uh, every... Uh, you know, Tuesday morning, to, you know, and oh, wait, 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 I forgot about this Lord here. In other words, if you were to take everything that you do, right, um, you know, things like honoring God. Remember, we looked at the verse in Proverbs where you honor God with the first fruits of your increase. Talking about tithes and offerings, right? So again, th- notice these are things that um, can be measured. 10% of your increase is, is not a hard number to come up with. That's, that's not new math. That's not algebra. That's, you know, it's just real simple, okay? Um, but again, yes, okay. So if you were to pile everything up that you do uh, on a daily, weekly, monthly, all the way out to an annual basis to honor God, what does that look like? Okay, but now wait, before we get too uh, prideful about that, um, let's look at some of the other piles of stuff in our lives that we do um, to honor or commit ourselves, time we invest in doing other things. It's getting kind of quiet up in here. But I'm trying, to, I'm trying to break this down on a practical level for you because listen to me, please. God is, is pleased when we honor Him because, because there's so many things that He desires to do in your life that he cannot do apart from our increasing our honor 
for him and towards him. Amen? Yes, no, maybe. You still with me? All right, let's do this. Um, thank you, Jesus. This is a, another, we've looked at this already, but let me just mention it again. Honor bridges the gap between what's in your heart and what you actually do. So this is where, um, you know, loving Jesus. I think I mentioned this last week. I'm not sure if I did or not, but I had the opportunity to um, to minister at the Love Lady Center on uh, on last Sunday night. And um, Bryce, I know you've ministered there. I don't know if anybody else ever had the opportunity to do that, but that's a. I'm on. I'm just going to tell you that's that's 300 women, and they are. Uh, the night starts with line dancing for Jesus. I'm just telling you, they, the younger generation used to say, but I've learned now they don't say it anymore, but the younger generation used to say they're crunk. Amen. I mean, they, and they're crunk, right? And so I, I felt led of the Spirit to do this. I wasn't trying to, you know, hammer anybody. So when I got the microphone, you know, I kind of revved them up a little bit. You know, anybody in here love Jesus? You know, <sighs> you know, it's like, I can't hear you. Anybody here love Jesus? And I just got them real, I mean, they were just, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I said, anybody in here respect him enough to do what he says? And it went, ah. <laughs> you know. I said, I don't think we've been asking the right question. See, because, see, that, that love for Jesus can get you all fired up. I said, anybody in here respect him enough to, and I kind of and it, it got so, I mean, you, you wouldn't think 300 women plus children could get this quiet, but it got so quiet when I asked him, I said, um, how about this? Anybody in here respect him enough to do what he says about sex? Got about that quiet right there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. See, here, here's the thing. Those, those women, not that our lives aren't... Um, you know, uh, potentially at, at, at risk. Um, but there, that's some very vulnerable people in, in that recovery program. Um, not trying to be stereotypical here. And there was a whole lot of them, guess what? They would have said they loved Jesus before they ever came to that place. But notice, it's the respect for him, it's the honor for him that enables him to do in our lives what we so desperately need him to do. All right, <clears throat> let's go to, uh, this is kind of heavy this morning, isn't it? I appreciate you hanging in here with me. Uh, let's go to John 5 and 44. This is um, one of the verses that we looked at last week. John 5 and 44, Jesus says, how can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Now, we're going to get into this some more perhaps next, next Sunday. We introduced it last Sunday, and I really thought it would be the focus of, of what we would spend most of our time on this week, but I just feel like there's a couple of other things that, that I've left hanging that we need to clean up and get established before we move on. Um, but we see that God created you for honor. We've mentioned that already. And because you were created for honor, you have an appetite for it. Okay, it's just like he created you to breathe oxygen and you have an appetite for it. 
He created you, to, you, know, you have to have, your body needs water. Um, and so you have an appetite for water. If you, don't, if you go for a while without water, you, you start looking for some, okay? And if you go for a while without feeling honored, um, you, you start looking for it. We, we all have an appetite for honor, and the enemy tries to take advantage of that appetite by manipulating it in, in ways where we seek honor that is less than the honor that comes from God. Uh, where we seek, you know, being respected by other people, being affirmed by other people, being accepted by other people. This, this is where people, you know, choose to please others instead of God. And we, we're, we're more interested in what other people think about us than what God thinks about us. Are you seeing this? And this is a snare. The Bible makes it very clear. It's a snare, it's a trap, and it's one that we cannot be ignorant of because you can't, you can't please God uh, and people. You can't please God. Uh, you can't serve God in money. You can't please God and people. And, and this is what I'm learning in my life, okay? Pleasing people is an impossibility anyway. Um, but you can actually please God. I mean, if you're just trying to live your life to please people, there's always going to be somebody that's not happy with you, that's not pleased with you. But you can actually live a life that pleases God. And it, it's going to probably, you know, make some people angry. But Jesus told us that was going to happen. All right. So this is what's happening here. Jesus is trying to shake up the religious establishment because they have chosen this good old boy system of honor and, and, and honor one another, pat one another on the back, um, but could care less about the honor that comes from God. Now, this created all kinds of problems for them, but I want you to, I want you to see the biggest one. It begins with the first four words, first four words of Jesus' statement in this verse. How can you believe? Think about what he's saying here now. Their lack of true honor paralyzed their faith. Are you seeing this? They, no, let, let me see if I can say it another way. All right? If, if we cannot believe God, how much trouble are we in? We're in a heap of trouble. Because everything that God has done for you, everything that God has given to you, everything that God has made you is realized in your life reality by faith, by believing. You can't be saved apart from believing. Amen. So Jesus looks at them and he says, you, you, you have settled for an inferior system of man-made honor and, the, and, and you think, well, look at us. You know, we've got it all together. That was why Jesus threatened their little network, right? Jesus threatened, um, you know, because they had all the people kind of under their spell, so to speak, under their control. Not all the people, but, but, uh, but a lot of the people, right? They had them under their spell. I mean, remember what they threatened. They said, look, if, if we catch you going and, and attending Jesus' meetings, we're going to put you out of the synagogue. See, notice, notice they're, they're using that whole, you know, shame, guilt, threat, fear, tactics. All that's from the devil. Religion still uses it today, by the way. 
As long as Jesus played their little game, they loved him. He was the darling of religion. We sometimes forget this. They would hand him the scrolls on the Sabbath to read publicly. They, some of them remembered him when he was a little kid and, and this prodigy, you know, discussing deeper things of the old covenant with them. And, and so as long as he was a teacher and as, a, as long as he was a rabbi, as, as long as, um, you know, they scratched his back and he would scratch theirs, they loved him. But the minute he refused to be who they said he was and chose instead to step into who his father said he was, they turned on him and did so viciously. Am I right about this? I'm not here, you know, keep your violins in their cases. I'm not here to get you to feel sorry for me because God has blessed me and promoted me and prospered me. But on a smaller scale, I've had the same thing happen to me more than once. It was as long as you play by the religious establishment or whatever denomination you're in, as long as you play by their rules and, and you be who they say you can be and you do what they say you can do and you believe what they say you can believe, right, then you're in good standing. But the minute you dare to preach what the Word says, See, now all of a sudden they they got a problem with you. And so if if you're going to say, you know, well, look, I I I don't wanna I don't wanna get these folks upset with me. I I'm, I'm just gonna settle for what they I'm gonna, you know, you if you cave, please people instead of God. You follow me? All right. Notice what Jesus said. He said, How how can you believe? How can you believe? Now, faith receives everything that God's grace has provided. But a lack of honor. Remember, Satan can't take from you what God has given to you. He he can't take it away from you what God gives to you. He can only try to spoil it. He can only try to prevent you from ever experiencing it or enjoying it. Are you seeing this? And so his tactics against us involve that. Let's use the measure of faith as an example. The Bible says that God has given to every person the measure of faith. Enough faith to walk on water. Enough faith to raise the dead. Enough faith to receive everything that God has ever done for you or has ever given to you. He gave every human being that's ever been born on this planet faith inside of themselves to receive these things. That faith is awakened and aroused by hearing the Word of God. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It's strengthened and it's it's developed as it's exercised and it's like a muscle. It becomes stronger and stronger and giving us the ability to experience and realize in our life reality more and more of what God has already given to us. Please hear me. We think that we use faith to get God to give us stuff. Wrong. Jesus' faith did that. Jesus did that for us. Let's, Let's say it this way. Jesus said, I prayed to the Father that He would give to you the Holy Spirit. Reckon the Father answers Jesus' prayers. Did Father pour the Spirit out on the earth in response to Jesus asking Him to do it? So, 
For you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit this morning, you don't have to ask God to do it. He's already poured the Holy Spirit out. You have to enter into what He's already made available as a free gift. Faith receives what grace has already given, what grace has already provided, what grace has already done for you. So the devil can't take faith from you, so what has he got to try to do? He's got to try to neutralize it. And we know that faith, hope, and love are a system that work together. We know that love is to your faith what gasoline is to a car. So do you see why the devil is constantly trying to get you crosswise with other human beings? Do you see why he's constantly trying to get you offended? Trying to get you, uh, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a state of unforgiveness? And even beyond that, bitterness? Because if you're not walking in love... The faith that you have in your heart to receive everything that God has done for you and given to you, right, is going to sit there and lie dormant and basically be ineffective in your life. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. On the other side of that is hope. Hope provides the blueprint. Hope is the confident expectation. Faith is the substance, if you will, of things hoped for. So again, the devil's trying to neutralize your faith by attacking your love walk and by attacking your hope. We live in a world that says don't get your hopes up. Things are bad and they're getting worse. You need to hunker down, shelter in place, withdraw, blah, blah, blah. Bad times are coming. If you think the economy's bad now, wait till the gas is $10 a gallon. Well, the God who provided for us to buy gas when it was a dollar a gallon is the same God that will provide for us when it's $10 a gallon, unless, listen to me now, unless you get in fear about it and stop honoring God in your life because you're afraid to do so with a recession or inflation or any other of those shuns from the world. Are you seeing this? This is the devil's tactics. There were people that are businessmen that are part of this church. Other entities that I know of with the foundry. When COVID happened and the business world started shutting down. And, and, and a lot of people were, you know, they were batting down the hatches, right? They were, they were shuttering the doors, closing the windows, um, turning inward, right? We're going to weather the storm. You know, there were some folks who said, you know what, I, I, I see what's about to happen in our country. I need to get even more seed in the ground than I had. Men who wrote large checks to this church when COVID started. Are you seeing this, right? Amen. Honoring God recognizing the reality of this principle. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? When we're talking about these stacks of things that we do to honor, we need to look at the things that we do to honor other people. And we need to ask ourselves, because in the same way that there are true worshipers and vain worshipers, because a true worshiper is one who honors God with their worship, okay? A vain worshiper is someone who 
worships God in vain. They call themselves worshiping God, but because there's no fundamental honor in their lives, it makes their worship of God in vain. Okay. And in the same way that we can honor or worship God in vain, or we can worship God truly, the same can be said of the honor that we extend to other people. Okay? Now watch this. Here we see a a religious establishment that quote-unquote honored one another, but it was not, it was vain honor. they, They were doing it to be recognized in the future. They were They were honoring others and doing what others wanted them to do so they could fit in, so they could be accepted, so they wouldn't be shunned. That kind of honoring of other people is not honorable to God. So as we're doing this honor inventory in our lives and we're considering our honor, remember, if, if I truly honor another person, God receives that as me honoring Him. But if I'm just honoring that person because I'm concerned about what they think about me. I'm doing this so I want them to honor me or think favorably of me or whatever. That's not honorable to God. That's, that's putting somebody else ahead of him, and, and, and that's, that's not the same. And so that's what was going on here. Don't think um, that, you know, it's, it's somehow wrong to honor other people. It's, it's the motivation of the heart. Now, let me... Um, let me get to this one last part. Are you good? Can you go just a couple more minutes? Everybody all right? Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Okay. Amen. Um, <clears throat> the Lord showed me something this week, and it's one of those connections that probably some of you have already made, but for some reason I just, you know, maybe it was a timing thing. I just had my heart and mind in other places, but... but the Lord explaining to me, because I'm asking my father, the more I see this, the more I realize how important honor is. And, and this is what he kind of dropped in my, not kind of, this is what he dropped in my spirit. He, he said, honor is important because honor determines place. Okay? Honor is important because honor determines place. Now, I don't know, it was probably three years ago now, the Lord spoke to us and he, and he said that his people were wanting him to do things in their lives that they have not given him place to do. That they are wanting him to keep, preserve, protect, nurture, grow, develop things in their lives, their families, their finances that they have not committed to him they have not given him that place and that even some of his uh, people were angry with him frustrated with him and even accusing him of not keeping not preserving not um, taking care of coming through for them in areas of their lives but again it's not because of his inability or unwillingness, but because they are not, his people are not giving him that place in their lives. 
Father God has to be given place in your life to be able to operate and work in your life. And if you'll recall in this teaching, this is we sometimes occasionally repeat this, and I think it's um, certainly applicable still today, right? You see, in this country, we've said to God, we don't want you in our government, we don't want you in our courts, we don't want you in our schools, we don't want you in our homes, we don't, we don't want you in, in our... Um, at our ball games, we're not going to pray anymore. We, we've, we've said all of this, right? We don't want you in any of this. But you still better protect us and prosper us and, and, um, and help us and be there for us. And you, Are you seeing what I'm saying? In other words, we, we, we don't want to give God any place as a nation. And I listen, I know that you do and, and we do and I do. But I'm just trying to, uh, speaking generally now, you know, we, we don't want to give him these places, but still expect him to be there. For, and, and here's the amazing thing about God. He's a very merciful and gracious God. But we have to give him place. And what we see then is honor and the honor that we give him and show him is what ultimately determines that place in our lives. Now, last statement and we'll continue on with this next week okay the place you give someone in your life determines what they are able to do for you and what you are able to receive from them now this is a bit awkward for me but i amen i i spent the night at uh with in the hospital with mom last night and um quiet you know she thankfully she was resting and and um just had a lot of just quiet time to meditate and make notes and, and all these other things. And the Lord began to show me some of this in my own life. And, and I'll, I'll, it's awkward, and so maybe I'm kicking the can down the road to say I'll talk about it next week, but I'm, I still want to make sure I'm right before the Lord before I, before I go into a lot of these things. But, but I, have, I have learned this in a practical way for years now as a servant leader in the body of Christ. And, and that is people who do not have any honor or respect for me, I'm not able to help them. And that's, I know it's getting quiet up in here. I'm not able to help them. And not only am I not, when I say I'm not able to help them, now we're going to split this hair next week, but it needs to be split. It doesn't mean that I don't have the ability to help them any more than it means Jesus didn't have the ability to heal the people in his hometown who were sick. He had the ability to do it. What he's able to do for you and what he can do for you, two different things. What he's able to do for you is anything that you need to have done for you. What he can do for you is based upon your honor of him. Man, I praise God. I'm hearing all this coming out of my mouth and I'm like, Lord, I, you know, I'm not trying to be so heavy this morning, but it's, this is important. It's heavy, right? So his ability, it's not that Jesus is any less Jesus because we don't honor him. Any more than... I have any less ability to help someone who's struggling in certain areas of their life than, than I do whether they let me help them or not. In other words, what I have to offer, I receive from Father to give to other people. 
But it took me a long time to realize that not everybody is ready to receive what he's given me to give to them. And so one of the things the Lord showed me to do years ago, and I have done this literally, thousands, when I say thousands, I mean thousands, okay? However many men and women have come through the Foundry Ministries program, Bessemer Campus, and even some occasionally on the Coleman Campus, but the Bessemer Campus, at one time it was three, 400 at a time for, what, 20 years now, okay? Watch this now. This is, this is what a little bit... I do it exactly the way the Lord showed me to do it, okay? He told me, he said, I want you to hold your hands out like this, okay? This, believe it or not, predated all state good hands, all right? Okay. He said, I want you to hold your hands out like this, and I want you to look them in the eye. I want you to show them your hands, and I want you to look them in the eye, and I want you to tell them these words, I'll help you if you let me. I'll help you. If you let me, I'll help you if you let me. Of the thousands, of the thousands, very, very sad how few have actually let me help them. Amen. Stand with me. Stand with me. Now, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know there are ministers in this room. I know there are ministers in this room of different, of different sorts and different kinds. Sister Beverly, I consider you a pastor. Amen. I know you and Lamar are pastored together for, goodness, how many years? 30? Long time. And you can tell a difference when you're ministering, or let me say it this way, when you're trying to minister to people who honor you and when you're trying to minister to people who don't. Am I right about it? See, some of you, listen to me now, some of you, you say, well, I'm I'm not a minister, I'm not a pastor. Every person in this room is a minister. Think about conversations you've had with people, things the Lord's showing you in your own life, and you are so excited about it, you can't, you can't hardly contain yourself. And so you try to tell your friend at work about it. They, they don't have any honor for that. They don't have any appreciation for that. They don't have any respect for that. And it's like you're talking to a brick wall. Compare that to somebody who may be new in the faith, and they respect you as someone who's experienced in the things of God. And, and, and they, you start to talk a little bit about that, and, and they, they so excited, tell me more. Where's that in the Bible? And it's, it's like you turn into another person all of a sudden, man. Scripture's flowing out of you, wisdom coming out of you. You're like, man, that's good. Where'd that come from? You know, again. But what's, what is the difference? Do you realize, for how, do you realize how many years I thought, man, I just didn't have it that time. I don't know, man. I studied. I tried God. I I work really hard, man. You know how, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't know where I missed it. I thought that was what you wanted me to I'm, I'm sitting here blaming myself. Now listen, I'm not, hear me, hear me. I can, I, I'm learning just like I'm growing. I'm not trying to like I'm perfect, right? 
But more times than not, when I thought I was just, you know, I had the wrong message for this day. You know, I pray enough. I didn't want you know, it's like, Lord, show me. It's like, man, you, you, you're trying to give people something who don't have any honor for you. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try. I'll do whatever the Lord told me to do, but I wouldn't trade places with anybody, right? Because I'm, I'm amongst people who want to be here this morning. You're not here to impress somebody. It's been that way from day one at Heritage. People don't come to Heritage to impress somebody. People don't come to Heritage to show off the new person, their new outfit, or their, or their new car. Or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. I, it's just, amen, and you, you do with that whatever you want to say, right? You're here because you want to be. Amen. And you're here because you love God and you believe that He's speaking to us. And, and Amen. And so, so that makes it, it's, it's easy to feed people who want to eat. Amen. Hard to feed people who don't. Amen. But honor has a lot to do with that. Honor has a lot to do with that. Amen. All right. Father, we thank you for this time together. And Lord, we thank you for teaching us some of these more practical truths related to honor and how many important things in our lives depend upon honor. Faith itself, the place that you have in our lives which determines what you're ultimately able to perform in our lives. Is, it all goes back to honor, Father. Honor determines that place. Honor determines our ability to believe and, and operate and function in the things that you created us to, to experience and, and, and even minister to others. So, Father, I thank you that you're helping us see these things. And, and Lord, I'm not saying it's, it's the situation in every, in every instance, but, Lord, if... if um, if there's areas in our lives that we're struggling to, to experience breakthroughs and what have you in, and honor is somehow at the root of that issue, then reveal it to us, Father. Reveal it to us. And ultimately, Father, teach us to honor you and to honor others and to honor them well. Practice it, Lord. You, you told us a couple of weeks back that it's something that needs to be practiced, it's something that needs to be planned, and it's something that needs to be scheduled. Honor. Honor. And to render it to those to whom it was due and go first to those to whom it's overdue. So show us what that looks like for us as individuals in our own lives and our own walk. We thank you for good things now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I never come here that I don't look forward to seeing you, but I'll just be honest with you. I, I needed you guys this morning. And uh, thank you for being here. Um, you, you, it has strengthened me to be in your presence. So. Um.